0: Hey, hey guys, before we start the show, I wanted to remind you guys that there are plenty of ways you can still support your girl, Double Dose of Missy, host of Double Dose of Raw Talk Podcast. That's right, the merch store is still open. You can get the copy of my 1st ebook of a series that is coming up, so stay tuned. My journal to self-love is still available. Make sure you get your copy and read up so you can get a deeper look into my life and my journey to self-love. Love also the merch store is still there with some of our favorite signature double of raw talk t-shirts, hoodies-you name it. It is fall season upon us. Why don't you go get yourself a hoodie and start rocking your girl? Ew. And one last thing: this show is sponsored by Cannabis Queen of Queens. Shout out to my girl Sully, that's right, the best cannabis out there. Oh, I am so maled out when I have my cannibal lens, either my coffee, my tea, my drink, and sometimes I infuse some of these meals, y'all. You don't want to miss this chance. Go to Cannabis Queen of Queens Etsy page, Cannabis Queen of Queens, and use code DDRT20 for 20% off you don't want to miss this. Go support your girl and her people. And as always, enjoy the show. Welcome to Double Dose of Raw Talk Podcast, your weekly dose of many discussions and opinions, a show where we get comfortable being uncomfortable. And remember, no topic is off limits. Now let's so I'm talk about going. it. So excited to have you here. All right, so Welcome back, everyone, to another week and another episode on Double Dose of Raw Talk Podcast. I am your host, Misty, and today I have on my show, every time I introduce, like, the guest, like, I start cheesing, so don't mind me. I do this all the time. Um, A long time coming because you came so highly recommended to have you on this platform. um, Ladies and gentlemen, I have comedian and musician Terry Jones here today on my show. Welcome, Terry.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I love that you can hear your smile. Like you can hear it in the microphone when you listen to your podcast. Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm always like smiling and laughing. Even on my like bad days, I still find a way to do that. So thank you. I appreciate that. I'm gonna go tell my boss that. (laughs) <laughs> somebody, somebody said that to me. <laughs> All right. So um tell me a little bit about yourself, just so my listeners just get a little bit of an insight on who we have here today, and then we'll get right to it.
1: I am a dad, first and foremost. I always put that first. Uh <laughs> comedian. Uh been doing stand up comedy for a very long time, been on TV. I uh, got a sequel to a new movie coming out that I'm in, uh, Bigfoot the Movie 2. Um, got four comedy albums on all platforms. Uh, four music singles that are out because I started pulling the Donald Glover, Jamie Foxx move and decided to take music serious. i uh, been on radio, podcasting, uh, all that fun stuff that, you know, I, I'm not one that likes to brag about himself. Um, so yeah, but I'm here the, for just it those if things. you want to.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I love that we just are going to jump right into, um, you know, your first title, the dad title. Um, and this couldn't be an even more perfect time. I want to be very transparent, very raw with why this is such an important topic for me to talk about. Uh, one of the things I definitely do pride myself in. And it's never perfect. Let me just say that disclaimer right now. I have an overall really good co-parenting relationship with my son's father. Um, it was not always that way. It was it was really tough times in the beginning, and ever so often, even in recent years, you know, we have our ups and downs. You know, the past few years with the pandemic and COVID and different situations have really taken a toll. But nevertheless, there's a piece of, you know, the the co-parenting that I never want to not highlight and is you know the fact that the same way I am a single mother there are single dads there are dads that do take a leading role in their children's life and that is something that I want to be able to highlight and to share and shine some light on and so that was exactly how the introduction came to me about you in the conversation with a fellow podcaster shout out to lovely Virginia on that one I love
1: her I love Virginia (laughs) that's my homie right there man the, the empanada mama. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, she was here on the show. And we had such a great conversation, too, in the episode that I had her on. And I definitely want to shine light on the, what the spectrum looks like for a, a father, a, a single mm-hmm. father, you know. And especially with you, you're a girl dad, right? Yeah, And yeah. so, you know, that's just, that's just a whole other concept, too, right? So I want to be able to shine light on that and what it's like from the other side. I feel that if we're going to keep it raw, you know, and get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations, it is going to be uncomfortable for some because very transparently, I know plenty of single mothers and single women who just see only, you know, the validation on our role. And let's not get it twisted. A lot of the time I battle through that when I'm not in the best space or place with my child's father. But the the true story still unfolds for the other side as well as a single parent you know so we start the show here before we dive right into the topic of conversation we start the show on this new way it's kind of like still my icebreaker but you know a little different and it's called the raw mess of the week and so (laughs) for this week you know i was i was trying to pick something a little messy and something not but i do kind of want to pick on this It's not of this week it happened a while ago but i want to be able to highlight it um and it highlights the communication between parents who are not together, but somehow we need to coexist and co-parent, right? um and it's the communication piece of it. so, for example, to me, I find it that a lot of and this is it's not always on social media. Let me just you know, make that make that very clear Yeah, for sure i find it that sometimes we put a little bit of too much of our information out there so i was on the bus right this is my raw mess of the week and you know i always keep my airpods on i'm always listening to music and i'm on my business but i just so happened to not have the music on in this moment and the gentleman behind me was on his airpods too and he was arguing with who was clearly his child's mother yeah and the things he said to her and the things he was responding to her and it all fell under the school supplies of it all fall under like, well, you know, I get him every weekend and I do my part too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And there was just so much animosity in that moment. But what really struck me is that we are still seen. And it was it was very clear to me. He was he was younger than me. So I'm 35 years old. He looked like he was in his 20s, early 20s. Um what was pretty clear to me was that a lot, there was a lot of disrespect. There was a lot of, you know, you know, making terrible, um, words towards her accusations towards her. I'm sure she was doing the exact same thing towards him because he also sounded very defensive. And so I want to call this out as the raw mess of the week because we're starting school and I'm going to be very transparent. I've been in my own feelings about, well, what, what do you pay? What do I pay? How do you help me? You know, like everything that I do versus you. Right. But it just comes to a point of the disrespect. Like at the end of the day, Are we not choosing to have children with these people? Are are we not like, you know, like I want, I want to shine a light on the messiness. What is your thoughts on that a little bit? So
1: (laughs) I'm a very spiritual person. So I do believe that we uh, are connected for a reason. Um, The mother of my children is somebody that I was in love with. And I did love uh, regardless of what happened between us. Um, We had these children and At the end of the day, what people don't realize is it's good to have a healthy relationship with the other person because you are going to be in each other's lives for the rest of your life. I don't care what anyone says. People like till 18. No, 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 no. Listen, you got to go to weddings and see each other. You got to go to baby showers and see each other. Like these are things that in the future that you guys are going to continue to run into each other. Um, And, you know, I. I see it a lot. Um, I think the thing is, do you have to separate what is the difference between your kids and the other person, right? So Mm. what we run into a lot of times is there are feelings that people keep inside that they don't let out. So like you may still have some feelings for that person or you may still think something about that person or maybe you feel some type of way Um, because you still hold some sort of grudge or bitterness from something that happened in the past between y'all, whether it was the way you guys broke up, whether it was someone cheated, whether it was somebody did, whatever it is, we hold a lot of grudges. Um, you have to let that go and do what's best for the children. It's that simple. But I think a lot of people hold that, that anger. And then they forget that your children are, you guys are business partners at this point. Even if you're together, you're business partners. But when you split, you are business partners. People don't think of that. You guys have an investment and you're either going to fail with this investment or you are going to get Beyonce out of this investment or you're going to get Kobe out of this. Whatever it is, you're going to get Jeff Bezos out of the investment. Like Your job is to raise your children to be the greatest people that they can be, raise them to be better than we were and to get them in a good space once you start thinking of it like that everything else is better but all the pointing fingers and all that stuff and i get it um there are a lot of deadbeat dads i know a lot of deadbeat dads i don't hang out with deadbeat dads uh i kind of stay to myself because uh if you're not taking care of your kid then and I also don't judge people off of that too. I try not to because I don't know what that person's going through that's keeping them away from their child. There may be something uh, traumatic, some reason. Uh, maybe they don't know how to break the cycle. Maybe they weren't raised to know how to be a parent. There's so many different things that go into this, but I really think it comes down to making a healthy relationship with your X, you just have to realize, hey, this ain't about us. Let's put that aside and let's go ahead and take care of these babies, man. No matter how big they are, they're always going to be your babies. That's if that answers your question.
0: <laughs> Terry came to read me today. Terry was like, <laughs> "Miss D, I need you to let it go.
1: Girl, you too fine for all that. You got to let it go, man." <laughs>
0: I wasn't I wasn't so much hold on one second. Mm-hmm. I wasn't so much of my emotions. Yeah. And it there was definitely not, I actually posted it. I said there was anger and resentment. Um, because it was a moment of things just getting so tough for me and so overwhelming. And sometimes it just feels like I would just like for that person to just feel what it's like to be in my shoes for one day and to have to take care of all of it because it's been so long since that person has had to do that, right? So there was a moment of that, um, and and I just I needed like a day and maybe another one to just like let it go to just like you know let it boost that honor because it, it's so funny you you're hitting this right on the nose but like one of the things is. My child's now concerned for me. My child now has concern for me because he is a teenager, because he does see, he's like, you know, my, I don't want this to be too much for you. Like you are going through a lot. Like I could see it. I could feel it. And so when we think of it like that, it's like, all right, I got to get it together. Not for the other person, but for him, because that's, that's who it's about for me. Right? Like I, I owe him the explanations. I owe him that, that respect and that sanity that his mom is going to be Okay. You know, even if it does get a little intense for me, um, and then also, you know, I'm I'm one of those people that while I keep it very very honest with my child, I'm not one that likes nor applauds the whole um bashing of the other yeah, it's not worth at it. all, no matter how I yeah. feel. Never to the child, exactly. Um, so I don't do that. So I, that's definitely a certain level of self control that I've grown into. That's just, if I may say so myself, I, it's just outstanding. Yeah. I'm very proud of me. I'm just saying, me ten years ago. I just want to, I just want to keep it I, real. Hey, I'm proud of okay? you too.
1: I um, yeah, you know what? I <laughs> with their mother. Um, I think it was rough in the beginning because of how the situation happened, and there was like a lot of bad stuff that happened. I had to get courts involved and all kind of stuff. But, um, you know, once we got to a point where we were doing really good. Like, and I explained to her, like, this is about the kid. And every once in a while, if I feel some sort of animosity or like she's picking a fight for some reason, like it, it may be for no reason at all. I just make sure I diffuse it immediately and try and flip it into something else and, and make it into something to let her know I'm not your enemy, dog. Like, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we still got to see each other. Let's let's not make them feel uncomfortable. Because the kids feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like you said, your son feels it. He And I'm sure he's a mama's mm-hmm. boy. And I'm telling you right now, as mm-hmm. a fellow mama's boy, you know, I got both a mom and dad, but I'm a mama's boy. As a fellow mama's mm-hmm. boy, you there's a certain relationship you have, just like uh, daughters with their dads. And your son mm-hmm. is going to want to see you happy. And one of the things that we uh, forget is our children actually do want to see us happy. They don't want to see us fighting They don't want to see us sad they don't want to see us keep uh you know upset over and over they want to love us and they want us to be in love and they want us to have that what we deserve because they see you see us working hard your son sees you working very hard um you know i saw what you posted and it's a beautiful thing and he's going to remember that and he's always going to hold that in his heart and and when he's a very successful young man he's going to remember those moments but you got to hold those moments in your heart, too. That's what we got to do. We got to hold these mm-hmm. little small moments yeah. that don't seem like a big deal, but do seem like a big deal that will become mm-hmm. a bigger deal when it's something that they remember. Hey, mom, you remember when you waited in line and you got all my stuff so I could go play sports, you know, my, hey, my parents was waiting in the ER with me when I got injuries in football, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. so um, yeah, we do have that. I, I get it, but hold hold
0: yeah.
1: hold what's in your heart. You you are you are more you're more powerful than you probably even believe. So you have to remember that your son knows you're more powerful
0: these days. Know? Yeah, these days for sure, for sure. I told y'all Terry, King, he kept to me today. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I needed this, and I feel like because of the times we're mm-hmm. in right now. there's so many adjustments happening especially i feel like a lot of parents need to hear this i feel like there are people out there who know parents who need to hear this too and i love that everything that you just said can apply to both parents you know it can apply to both parents that are in the picture that are so very much so involved and in some cases you have the bonus parents too that need to be very fully aware of what's going on as well right um so i definitely appreciate that that word right there please don't talk bad about each other or to each other please respect one another stop being messy and don't talk your business on the (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) you know you see that a lot and the the thing is a lot of there are some people who what i learned too is like you'll have a, a ex or a partner like some people feed off of negative energy right because they just feed off of energy in general some people just feed off of it so whether it's positive or negative um and instead of dealing with their internal trauma or whatever it is, their internal issues, they kind of just take it out in ways that they don't have to. Right. Um, so yelling Mm -hmm. on a bus and honestly, it could be a situation where he got the phone call and now he's looking like a crazy man on a bus, but he got the phone call and he can't get off the phone call. You know what I mean? It's like, this is the only place I can take it. I gotta go to work. Uh, there's, you know, mm-hmm. you're always going to deal with uh, so many things and, and so many problems. But uh, as you said, man, well, you can't talk bad about the other person, at least not around your kids. Do it with someone else. Kids. Do it, you know, vent, yeah. try not to publicly vent um, and just go go talk to someone else about it. You know what I mean? Someone you're close to. It's better to yeah. vent that way than your kids, to you know, because I had an incident where our oldest daughter, um, something was going on with her scalp and you know, she's on my insurance. So I did all the stuff and I set up the appointment and, um, their mom was taking her and I guess she said something and either what she, my daughter, uh, misheard it or misunderstood what she was saying. But I I reached out to her in a, in a positive way, just like, Hey, look, if you felt this way, like help me, like, don't, don't come at me like, just help me so that I can understand what I did wrong. Like if the ointment I used was the wrong ointment and we need to use something else, then whatever, you know, I'm just doing what the doctor said and vice, you know, and we were able to like diffuse the situation. No yelling back and forth, no nothing. I think one of the people have to be calm. That's what I learned. One of you got to be chill. and 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 that's... <laughs> When you're co-parenting, one of you got to be chill. Somebody has to be the zen, because somebody's gonna be the firecracker. There's always gonna be a firecracker. It can't be two zens. Yeah, yeah, I could, I know, I could, I could feel it. I could tell you're a firecracker.
0: I just, I just, I just want Terry to know he has like a full microphone right now to totally tell me exactly what he sees. So he gave me a compliment at first about how he can hear me smiling. <laughs> he I'm a firecracker and I love it. I Which, love it. what's your here. sign? This is what's okay. Absolutely. Oh, George Jesus Christ. Oh god. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yo, Scorpios <laughs> are toxic as hell. Oh man. Hey yo. Toxic. Future's Sc- a so Scorpio.
0: Toxic, I-, I just want to give a shout out to Future's a
1: Scorpio, Drake's Who? a Scorpio. Um, I've, I've taught.
0: And have you seen future's yeah, method of parenting? Yeah, man. Like, I mean, disgusting.
1: uh, Scorpios, <laughs> no, but I could, I could tell, uh, Scorpios are stubborn. Um, so I could, I could see that I'm a Libra. I'm chill. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say the Libras are the cousins to the Scorpios. I keep a lot of Libras around me, and they definitely balance me out. Okay. My sister's Libra. Definitely balance me out. And what's funny is um, my rising is in Libra. I have recently found that out. So it Mm -hmm. it explains a lot to me about certain parts of me that are Mm -hmm. not very Scorpio-ish. It explains a lot. It definitely does for me. Um, you know, I just I, I, I appreciate this 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 is an amazing opener To be honest with you Because there's so much we could take And, and I can t- I can assure you There are people listening yeah. right now To this show That this is going to hit home for them I, I can assure you right now And, and I'm very happy we were able to dive into this Like this, for sure um, So we're going to go a little deeper now We're mm-hmm. going to go into the first segment And uh, it's called As Raw As It Gets And I'm going to title <laughs> it A Stand-Up Guy <laughs> and i want to <laughs> i want to dive into a little bit more how you've been um balancing for you um you know i don't want i don't want to dish it yet oh yeah Is essay you <laughs> it's going to be into the next segment but i do want to shine light how you've been able to mm-hmm. find the balance as a comedian as a musician and as a father uh, a very involved yeah. father with your daughters, absolutely. So I want to be able to discuss that a little bit better. How you've been able to manage that and to establish that for yourself,
1: your um, it's not easy. It is one of the most because I'm not a a part time dad. Um, what I mean by that is like there are people with primary custody. There's split custody, which is down the middle, which means you have your kids as much as the other parent, and you are both single parents. And you sometimes may have that kid or you may have your children more than the other parent, but on paper, it keeps you safe. So did you have access to your children, which was the biggest thing for me was to make sure that I have access to my kids. I didn't want uh, what was going on between us to cause a conflict where someone can hold something above me and say I couldn't see my kids because my daughters are my everything. Um, But honestly, it's difficult, man, because. Um, anyone that knows me, I usually run on like four to five hours of sleep. Um, so I don't get real sleep. Like most people, um, at, you know, what is it? It's like six 30. My days start at six 30 and sometimes they end at midnight. Uh, you know, I'm getting up with the kids, getting them ready. Uh, the youngest goes to daycare. My oldest just started first grade. So, you know, um, we work something out where her mom can take her to the bus stop for me, so I could take the other one to daycare so I could go handle everything that I have to handle throughout the day um I'm just always about grinding i i will always i will keep i will work I will do shows I will do everything I can to just make sure that we live in a good area, which we do um you know I just do a lot of things to make sure that. Uh, we're above water and that they can get the things that they want, Mm -hmm. uh, constantly spending money at five below constantly (laughs) target will kill you. Uh, you know, I, I, I do a lot of things with them, but the true balance honestly is I'm a dad first. I don't put anything before being a father, Mm. but Even before that, I put God first, so I'm not trying to preach to anyone, and this isn't in a Christianity way. Just spiritually, I put God first, and I raise my kids for God, and what I see in my children is God. That's what I see in those little girls, because God is love. That's how I see it, and I see love in them, and it's a love that I've never experienced before. Um, so with that being said, I always make sure, like if I get booked on a show and I know it's going to interfere with my time with my children, I won't take the booking. Um, uh, this, I, I always plan my bookings in certain days when I know that they'll be hanging out with their mom or my mother can, um, maybe sit with them. And then, uh, I'm just going to tell you what type of dad I am. Not everyone's like this. A lot of parents will go on vacation and go on trips, and then they'll come back at their leisure. I have gotten off stage, stayed up till five thirty a m internationally, and flew back home just so I could be with my babies by nine a m <laughs> so yeah i'm oh my God oh it's my. it's not easy, but they drive me, and because they drive me. I know that I could keep pushing and work as hard as I can and do what I have to. Um, but yeah, the the truth is that I don't do anything for ego. So everything I do is different than what it, I used to do. when, it, Like in my younger days when it was like ego driven. Um, so because of that, everything is also a lot smoother when it comes to balancing everything out. Um, I also try to make them a part of things that I do so that they feel special. So, um, the cover of my one comedy album, I recorded two comedy albums in Canada, the one Afro bebop, my oldest daughter's on the cover when she was one, um, and Mm -hmm. they are on a, uh, the intro of the album with uh, a rapper who I'm friends with named Frizzy. He's an Emmy award winning rapper. There's only been a few that won an Emmy, I think three rappers and he's one of them. So getting them into these like historical and cool things that when they get older, they could be like, oh, look, dad made sure that we were always a part of what he did. I always try to do that too. That helps with the balance.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love that. See now that makes me feel even better. I i definitely wanted to yeah. start having my son come on the show because I wanted him to be a part of this too. Um, and he definitely did an episode with me and I wasn't so sure about it in the beginning. And then I said, Well, you know what? Yeah. No, he is he's part he is my life. This is about my life too. So he does need to form part of that as well. Um, and I think it's amazing that you you have been able to include them and, and keep them so included. Um while still yeah. making them you know your focus as well um <laughs> said you grind, and i know yeah. you do <laughs> i know okay i i see it i've been seeing it i know you do um Chasing. And, and I want to say chasing dreams because ever so often I think it is beautiful to know that people do chase their dreams and chase their passions because they know they have the talent. Right. Um, very transparently off the bat. I want to I want to check this question off. Do you think that pursuing your dreams has become something that's overrated?
1: Um, overrated in which way? So I can make sure I answer right.
0: Well, you know, everybody claims to have dreams, right? That they want to pursue in that sense more so than anything.
1: I don't think it's overrated. I think some of us are chosen to be something special to the universe. We all have a special message. Um, I didn't choose comedy. I always felt comedy chose me. Um, I've always been in love with music and the music part. I would do like comedy parodies and stuff, which got me, like, notoriety early on. But once I started taking it serious and realizing, yo, like, why am I not doing this? Like, I can do it, but I've allowed other people to tell me to, like, stay in my lane. And there's that Idris Elba oh. speech where Idris is, you know, and I made fun of it, but I love Idris. And, you know, he's like, yo, you know, they tell me to stay in my lane, but I don't want to stay in my lane. So, <laughs>
0: I, love, I stand. Let's not even go there. Yeah,
1: I, I, after I posted that video, women are like, "Can you leave me a message as Idris?" Like, well, it depends on how much you're gonna pay for it. No, um,
0: but I'm living right now.
1: But um, no, I I think you can't. What I learned over the years is you can't chase your dreams. You have to manifest them, right? So and you have to hold on to them tighter than anything because they only matter to you. They don't matter to everyone around you. Even if people love you and they support you, they don't understand every bit of how you um, comprehend your own dreams and what you want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you should pursue it. But some but you have to realize, are you pursuing it because you are drawn to it and it's what you are destined for? or are you pursuing it for attention and ego? And sometimes the lines can even blur because every time I've been blessed with something big, God smacked me down and took it away from me because I was ego-driven and I wasn't doing it for Mm -hmm. the right reasons anymore. So he would give it, all right, good job, Terry, you got it. Here. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm on top of the world, I did that. Oh, oh, you did that? Okay, let's knock you back down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to have to work hard to get back to another place. And it took a while for me to realize that you have to eliminate the ego, which stands for Xing God out. And, um, again, I'm not trying to preach to anybody. If you don't believe in God, I don't judge you, but I'm just speaking on what I, you know, my, uh, Absolutely. side. But th- the thing is like, once I learned, okay, having that arrogance and ego is the downfall of pursuing your dreams everything started manifesting better. So I've been given the same things that I was given in the past, but now I'm more mature to handle it. And I look at those as tests to see, did you really change? And because of my children and how much you realize that you have to put ego aside and learn empathy and learn humility and learn compassion, the things that I feel like a lot of the people in the world are missing, that's when I was like, oh snap I I finally got it. like this is right. what I've been missing. And so I think you should pursue it but manifest your dreams don't chase because you'll never catch it. you'll never catch anything that you're chasing. Mm. you have to manifest it like this podcast you're doing this for a reason. you're good at it. you you have a look, you have a good look, you have a good setup. You're working hard. Each episode gets better because I listen. Um, you fix things that because that's a part of growth, right? Then uh, yeah. 20 episodes from now, I want you to look back at this episode when you're in some big studio somewhere recording and, and you're on Vice or some shit. One of the... <laughs> you know what I mean? Cool. Like when you're doing yeah. the big thing, I want you to look back at this episode and be like, damn, man, we was in living rooms and shit with ring lights and, yeah. and mics and trying to and zoom in. But now I have the guests right here and you're everything's going to happen, but it's all about manifestation and believing in what you really want. If you really want it and you are destined for it, you will get it. That's, that's it. Mm. And sometime, maybe if not this lifetime, maybe the next timeline, whatever it is, but try and push hard to make sure you do it now. And don't self-sabotage yourself. Some people are afraid of success, so they go to pursue their dreams, and they, oh, I'm scared of this. It happens in relationships, too. Oh, you in love with me. Oh, oh I can't handle being in love. Oh, my God. What do you mean you want to hug me and kiss me and actually care for me? Oh, let me self-sabotage this shit. We do it with everything. We do it with careers um, because we're afraid. We get to that place where we're about to win, and then, oh, shit, there's no way this could be real. No, it is real because this is what you wanted, right? So you manifested it. So why are you going to kick it to the side? You don't want to spit in the universe's face. So take it. So no, I I don't think it's overrated. I just think it's overrated when you do it for the wrong reasons. That's really what it is.
0: So I love that you said that you don't think it's overrated. And if you chase it, you're never Mm going to catch up, right? I want to add to that Mm -hmm. a little bit more. I want to add to that is having talent enough or do people still have to put in the work?
1: No, talent is not enough. You have to put in the work. Um, I know some of the most talented people in the world. that never made it. And they are the funniest Mm -hmm. comedians. Mm -hmm. They are the top athletes. They are the best rappers. I know best producers, best music. Like I know some very talented fucking people, but I will say this talent is not enough. You have to work hard. Like, that's why I only get four hours of sleep. And, and when I can not catch up on it, I do. And I don't wanna say that in an unhealthy way, like don't push yourself to the point of exhaustion because I'm I'm nuts, I'll just keep going. But you do have to recharge and you do have to take care of yourself and you have to really find that love that you need within, right? You have to find and, and, and push. So uh, talent is not enough. Work hard, take care of yourself and manifest what you want because you okay so you the hottest rapper in your living room then what (laughs) you know what i mean oh you the funniest dude at the bar cool story but what are you doing like i've had people get mad at me how you get that why you got that what do you mean how and why i've been working my ass off to the point where i happen to be in the right place at the right time let me tell you something about anything overnight or being in the right place at the right time I've been in comedy festivals with people who are superstars. I remember being MySpace friends, MySpace friends with Tiffany Haddish when Tiffany Haddish was doing deaf comedy jam. Now she is a superstar. I remember messaging guys like, D-Ray and messaging guys like Roy Wood Jr. Asking them for advice when I was a new comic. These dudes are on another level now. They get paid millions of dollars. Cats that I've interacted with. The first person I ever opened for was Joe Coy. And Joe Coy, that same weekend, was his half hour comedy special that he was so proud of. He did 10 years in the game. Got his comedy special. And then, next thing I know, boom. Blew up. I remember when Kevin Hart was, and I started comedy young when I was 18. So we're like close in age, but, um, I remember when Kevin Hart, uh, cause he's way older. He, I remember when he used to get booed off a of stage in Philly. I like, I've heard
0: about that. Yeah, yeah.
1: He wasn't like, but that is the hardest working man in the world. So if you're going to do something, You gotta put in the work. Get that whiteboard. I know everybody talks about the magical whiteboard. Trust me, the whiteboard is important because when you write down your goals and you wake up in the morning and you walk past them, even if you don't look at that board, subconsciously, they're going in your head because you wrote them down. You see them every day and don't even realize you see them. And next thing you know, you accomplish everything off your checklist. You have to make your checklist, stay organized, and work your ass off. But don't put it before anything that's important because you will get rid of the thing that is the fuel for your dreams.
0: Absolutely. Uh, With a whole word on that one. Let me just say that. And I'm talking dreams here, but that applies to so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Every aspect of their life.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. It definitely does. Um, I want to know one more balancing act of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cuz you're such a stand-up guy here. Um, <laughs> how has comedy and music helped you and impacted your connections with your family and with
1: friends? Ooh. Um Man, this is a rough one. Uh, <laughs> let me think.
0: Oh, is it?
1: Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um so There's so many impacts. When I first started comedy, there was like a big reason why I started comedy. And Mm -hmm. that kind of touches on what I talked about in that essay that I know you wanted to bring up. But um, I had a lot of issues as a child. And Mm -hmm. I had a lot of trauma where I felt like I was hated by everybody. And because of that, I started becoming funny because that's when people liked me and then I started becoming funny on stage and then I started getting really good at it and then I started being funny in front of audiences of 400 to 12, 1500, whatever it is and being in those audiences was fun but afterwards I would feel real empty because I wasn't I I was looking for something for the wrong reason, similar to like how sometimes we do with um, like you hear people do that with sex where they feel empty. So they, they constantly have different partners hoping to feel something. I've been there. Um, Mm -hmm. But you don't realize that it it causes issues. I think one of the big issues for me was dealing with that because I didn't realize how much self-hatred, was involved in why I was doing entertainment. And that goes back to what I was saying, don't fuel the ego, because I was fueling the ego. And then I'm like, why don't people like me having these Kanye moments? Why don't you love me? Why don't you this? I'm working hard, I'm doing this. And you get caught up in the wrong reasons. Um, It definitely, my friendships, I, I started realizing how many people I could and couldn't hang with. Like you start realizing that you are the only one taking things serious. And when you start getting friends involved, it doesn't always mean it's good for business. Um, So like you see these musicians with like 80 of their boys and stuff and they build a team out of their friends. You see the weigh-ins, like they build an empire out of their family, but they have a very serious structure to it. That's why it works. Yes. You'll run into issues where like things with your friends are a problem. Sometimes, you know, when you're winning and you're on top, Everybody's like your best friend, and every and some you don't even realize some people are using you just because they want to say things like, "I be around that person," or "I slept with that person," or you know, there's like people are different, and they have their own mm. ideas in their head for why they are your friend or why they stick around. Um. Also, another thing is my family is actually very supportive, man. Like. Not everyone has that my mom, my dad, my cousins, my aunts my my grandmothers uh that they, they were very supportive, like everyone around me was supportive family wise and they wanted me to succeed, and they still want me to succeed, mm-hmm. and that's always been a beautiful thing for me and um but it doesn't interfere it it definitely interfered with relationships because. What And this is no shade to any of my exes in case they end up listening to this because I don't, you never know. But um, <laughs> you just don't know these days, man. He,
0: he comes in peace, guys. <laughs> he <comes>
1: in peace. <laughs> um, you know, what I realize is some people don't like when you get attention because maybe they want attention. Oh. So when you start getting attention, oh. they don't like it. Instead of thinking of it like this is a business move for both of us, or this is something where we can both gain from this. Instead, you'll have partners who are like, oh, you know, you get too much attention. Why are you posting that? Who, who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to get in your DMs? Who you like you'll hear all kinds of things. So it always um, caused issues. And then uh, having a lot of shows and stuff like constantly being booked. And maybe um, I've had partners not want to come to shows. I've had them want to come to shows and then stop wanting to come to shows. Like you just, it it really caused a lot of issues relationship wise, but you have to find if you're in entertainment, this is why a lot of entertainers end up dating other entertainers. And I, I really understand it with comedians. It's a little different because a lot of female comics don't always date male comics because male comics are creepy as shit. Um, but I'm a lot different. <laughs> Just being honest, like, there are a lot of male comics that are like, they, all right. A lot of male comics come from, like, a nerdy background, right? So not all comedians come from, like, the streets like a rapper does, right? Rapper got a different kind of vibe to them. There's a lot of comedians, right. like, especially, like, the white dudes that are, like, straight up. They were the dudes that got picked on, and now they got something that they're cool at. So they don't understand how, and and this is why you see situations like Louis C.K. and all these white comics, Chris D'Elia, all these dudes doing that creepy bullshit because they never had it before, mm. and now they're like, "Oh, you should love me, you should like me, you should that." That is always like an issue. So a lot of female comics don't always feel safe around comics because that are men, and I've always been nice to everybody. So a lot of um. Mm-hmm female comics that I've worked with or that know me personally know, okay, Terry's cool. But you don't get a chance to date another female comic usually. So for male comedians, we end up dating like um, just, you know, like a regular woman. And that's not saying anything against anyone's career, but like, it's like a woman that's not in the spotlight, put it that way. Like even if she's successful, like a lawyer or something, they're still not in the spotlight. So they don't know how to handle you getting that much attention. You have to be with someone that's secure enough to understand that it's okay for you to get attention. That we can both benefit from this attention. Or you have to get with someone who gets just as much attention as you. Mm, so yeah that, the relationship aspect has been the hardest for me. Family, friends, um, not so much. Um... I've had like female friends that were, you know, I found out they weren't always like on the up and up with me about how they felt about me, but you know oh. what I'm, yeah. Um, so I just
0: want you to know there was a there was a whole thunder that just happened right when you said that because it's raining uh, see, massively that was, in New York that City. That was God
1: saying, see. This God yeah. saying, See, "See, I told yeah. you about them." Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's like he's reminding you. He's like, I, I don't "Yeah, yeah." This. He seen he it, it.
1: <laughs> but no, nah, yeah. That that's just the relationship part is the hardest when you're in entertainment. I think.
0: Yeah it it's it's so interesting. I'm glad you tackled the relationship piece too, because that was definitely gonna come up. So I'm glad we already uh, tackled that too, because it it is actually a perfect segue into. You know the key relationship of your life yeah. um uh, you know and that is you know god you see god in your daughters and it is in your yeah. daughters right um you know a lot of people i did have a, a guest on my show previously several episodes ago shout out to a college friend of mine chris he is an actor what up and chris he also said that too um uh, chris pollard, chris, shout pollard. Out chris and um he also said that too yeah he said you know he's a very handsome mm-hmm. man he also said you know the relationships part was is the toughest yeah. part. You know with the with the attention and do they either they either either they are just interested to just you know be standing next to him just for the look mm-hmm. or it's too much for them so they don't even want to go yeah. for it. Um, so it's interesting too to hear it from you know a different side of entertainment industry as well yeah. of how that can be so much impacting. Um. No matter you know how much you know structure you have put in place or balance or or how you've been able to manage all the industries, yeah. right? Like it can still be impacting to the relationship side yeah. of things. Um, so it's very interesting for you to be able to share that with us. Um, I want to go into the double or nothing segment, and this is um titled Super Dash, and keeping it raw. <laughs> okay. Um, and I opened up the show like this. We opened it up on the raw mess of the week, so we already tackled the fact that you know. We want to shine light on also the fact that there are single fathers out there, fathers who are very much so involved and they're doing their thing. But I want to shine specifically light to an essay that you wrote and you wrote it for Pittsburgh City Paper. Right. And it is called Super Dad. And you wrote about your experience as a father, but also how you've been able to manage and, you know, maintain your mental health. And for one, let me congratulate you because it's one of the most amazing essays I've Thank I've you. And those very and long the time. messages
1: that you uh, uh, sent meant a lot. So thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it, it, as a parent, it hits. Um, but then also just as a person who has also had, um, I've had my battles with mental health. I've definitely had therapy. And then in addition to that, it's, it's you know still managing my my motherhood and managing being a person right being human and finding that balance too, and still being in several industries. I'm in podcasting. I have my career. You know all that other jazz, right? Um, when it comes to this essay and this paper, um, how did how did you get there? Like <laughs> open us up to that conversation of of revealing so yeah, much.
1: Um, so. <laughs> Uh, Lisa Cunningham shout out to her um, she's the top editor at City Paper and I've worked with them for a very long time and she reached out and said hey this is for public source and Pittsburgh City Paper Um, you posted uh something on Facebook about how your daughter saved her life
0: hey hey guys I wanted to remind you guys that if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast or you have a podcast and it just needs a little bit of help we have the solution for you today's show is brought to you by idea to launch academy the only multicultural podcast academy that to date has helped launch over 500 podcasts i mean anyone can launch a podcast you can google how to start a podcast and publish it and then yeah who's going to listen Carla Omaris, the CEO and founder of idea to launch has put together a course that will help you take your podcast from idea to launch in just 30 days with her proven five-phase formula that helped her reach over 100,000 downloads in less than a year. Also, when you are part of the course, you become a part of a community of podcasters. I'm one of them. Use the link in our show description to enroll in the Launcher Podcast in 30 Days 2.0. Let them know that Double Dose of Raw Talk sent you and get the Instagram 101 crash course for free. Enrollment is open.
1: And how much they mean to you. And there's just, you've always been like very um, outspoken about mental health and mental health awareness and mm-hmm. would you be interested in writing an essay? And I was like, yeah. And I would love to do that. Like I'm honored. Did you even ask? Um, and I've never had, you know, I've done interviews where people have interviewed me, but I've never actually written anything that's been published before, um, outside of mm-hmm. somebody else writing it with me in it. You know what I mean? And so I was yeah. nervous and I was having so many panic attacks, because I was freaking out uh, because of my anxiety. And I was like, what am I going to say? How am I going to say this? And piecing it together. Um, I went through two drafts. One of them was, um, it was too dark. Like I was talking too deep into, because I had to tap into like so much trauma and so much that happened to me that I was like, this is going to end up being trauma porn. You know what I mean? Like, which I don't, Wait, trauma porn? porn. Like, that's what, that's what she, she was like, hey man, we don't want this to be a trauma porn essay. And I was like, you're right. I'm sorry. But she, she felt bad. Like, she's reading it. Like, oh my God. And I was like, I don't want people to feel bad for me. I want people to feel encouraged. And I've been through a lot growing up. And a lot of people have. But like at a very young age, like my dad, I love my parents. My dad uh, read it and was like, yo, I had no idea you went through like all of this stuff. And I was like, Mm -hmm. dad, it's the same way that I became an adult. And then I realized how much stuff y'all were going through as parents. Because when you're a little kid, your parents are old, right? They're always old Mm -hmm. to you. They could be 30 and you're like, you're old. Cause you don't, you know.
0: <laughs> I, t- I take it back. I regret saying that to my mom. <laughs> right? Not, no idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's so funny because we're still finding ourselves. And there were like things that I had to really think about. Like my dad was my age or a little bit younger when he lost his dad. And... I couldn't imagine losing my dad right now and my mom lost her dad at a young age. And just, there's so many things that we don't take in a perspective or, okay, you know, I had a family member who, and I spoke on this in an essay, who used to abuse me. Um, and I found out that she went through something, which is why she had a punching bag to take it on. Mm. But the difference between me and my other cousins that went through some things where she, you know, messed with them. I was a lot more isolated than them. Mm. So, um, because I was isolated, I, it was like me by Mm. myself. So it was easy to just be this punching bag. Um, so I had to tap into like a lot of things, man. I, and I knew that I had to tap into those so that people could understand that I made it to through the other mm. side and that they, and I wanted other people to know you can make it through the other side. Um, a lot of the trauma, cause in the black community, we look at everything as the devil, right? So it's go prey on it. Get over it. Be tough. Do this. Um, there's no way of expressing ourselves. So I have a sister who's 11 years older than me. And she's my hero, man. She has a doctorate. She's like badass. And I love her. Um, but she was a lot older than me. And she lived in another household. Because of that, um, I was pretty much an only child. I'm my mother's only child, but my dad's mm-hmm. second. So... With that being said, I had to figure out a lot of things by myself. When I would get my ass kicked by bullies or get jumped, I would have to, like, go home by myself and figure it out. Or, like, I remember getting choked out on the bus by an older kid, and I didn't have, like, I couldn't go home and, to my parents. Like, I had to go home alone to my Rottweiler puppy who's looking at me like, dog, what you want me to do? Nice like, dog, what puppy. you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> like... He's like, bro, like, what, what, what are you looking at me for, man? I could give you a couple licks to make you feel better, but I can't do nothing yet. I'm only, like, eight weeks. But, you know, there's there's things that you kind of – you realize that you, you have to tap into these things because I also – because of what happened with that family member who was a woman, I ended up getting in, like, abusive relationships a lot of times. So – I would always be with these partners who were like verbally, mentally, or even physically at times. And I didn't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. So I would handle it the wrong Mm -hmm. way. So there were a couple of relationships where, um, instead of handling the right way, I'm stepping out of the relationship because I'm being abused or I'm dealing with like this abuse. Cause the thing with like being abused as a man is that, you don't have anyone to really talk to about it. And you don't realize you're actually being abused. Mm. And um, because of the PTSD that I had, I ended up struggling a lot with women, right? So like if a woman yells at me, I literally will freeze up. Um, I had one of my neighbors, um, she came out of the house like yelling at another neighbor that I'm friends with and I froze up because I go back to that right. child. And um, so it was difficult for me to communicate with partners when we get in arguments because I didn't know how to express myself, which may, probably made them more frustrated. Um, you know, as a man, if I punch one of my partners, I'm an abuser mm. forever. I could lose everything. But for a lot of women, if they put their hands on a man, they could possibly not lose anything at all. Even if they get PFAs or uh, restraining orders or whatever you may do, go to court, no matter what, they can still go on with their life and their career. Right. You will always be scarred with things. So um, it was, I had to tap into a lot of these different things because that was also why my depression was a certain right. way or why my anxiety was a certain way why I was dealing with certain things because I couldn't escape the proper way out of situations. Mm -hmm. Um, The irony of it all is that I was blessed with daughters. Those issues that I had a lot of my life with women was like, now I'm raising little women. You know what I mean? Like now God's giving me an opportunity to make sure that they don't end up like, any of those people that harmed me the best that I can to show them love and care that maybe those people did not have. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not trying to put anyone on blast because for whatever reason, stuff always comes back on me, but they, they know what they did. They know who they are. And this is no shade towards them. I'm not putting you on blast. Mm -hmm. I didn't say your name. I'm just talking about the situation. And the thing is, I just want to be able to raise my children to be great people,
0: Absolutely,
1: to be a light in the world and not darkness. Absolutely. And um, that's the beautiful thing for me because it's been a healing thing. It's almost like a, a type of therapy in its own because like I started therapy um, like 2013, like I said, in the yeah. essay because I started realizing something's wrong. Like I've tried to kill myself a couple times. I'm like suicidal. I keep thinking about killing myself because I can't escape out of like, there was one relationship in particular that was so bad that like, I was just like, yo, I just need to die. That person like read through my journal, like all kind of things because they were like finding ammo to hurt me. Right. And I, and we, you know, we lived together and, It was such a bad situation that it ruined, like, even more things for me. And I had, like, a very bad mental break. But I knew around this time that I had to see somebody because I couldn't talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, it was so hard to talk to people. And I needed to learn how to express myself in a healthier way outside of just making people laugh on stage. And that's not healing my pain, right? It's not... Getting hugs and attention isn't healing this pain. I have to dig deeper. Um, I had a therapist, and he really helped me a lot. And he ended up um, committing suicide. Oh. And I thought about how he probably didn't have anyone to talk to because he didn't want his license revoked. Mm-hmm. And it just became like a cycle of understanding, like how important it is to express yourself. And he probably doesn't even, you know, I, I mean, he gave me that lesson. Mm-hmm you know what I mean? Also while helping me. And so I just learned a lot about myself and learned healthy ways of therapy. It's okay to get help. Um, I'm sorry, support. I don't like the term help because I think help feels like, um, like charity. Mm. So people are scared of the term help. So if I say, if I say I'll help you with your podcast, you'll be like, I don't need your help. (laughs) But if I say I'm a, if I say I'm a support your podcast, it's different. It sounds better. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, you you care. You want to put investment into it.
0: For the There's record. a difference between For it. For the record though, anybody do want to help though, I will take it.
1: <laughs> support. If anybody wants to support
0: Support. However that looks to you, <laughs> however you want to spell it, it's okay.
1: <laughs> but yeah I um that that essay just meant a lot because it was like liberating for me to show how much I actually healed mm-hmm. and how much I've actually like grown as a person and how much my daughters really saved my life mm-hmm. and um and how much they're giving me a healthy view because you gotta like people gotta realize like when you have like hatred, Towards someone or something, you take it out on someone. Mm. So what? I'm going to be mad at all women, and then what? I'm going to like treat my kids terrible because some people do that to their daughters. They
0: do. They you're are going to be
1: locked away. Don't wear that skirt. Mm-hmm. You're going to look like this. You're going to like my kids are little, and and I'm not going to tell. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to raise them so that they could be beautiful, and me and her mother are going to make sure that they are beautiful and that they uh, know only love. I don't, you know, you're going to encounter hate. You're going to encounter bad things in the world. But I want them to know love is here it's first. Here.
0: There you go. Absolutely.
1: That's what matters. And they've helped heal me because it's it's healthy to know, okay, you know, like I can build a healthy relationship with um, females. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be something where, They hate me Mm -hmm. or I feel like I'm always like getting harmed or whatever it is in these relationships with people Mm -hmm. like I'm I'm building something. So they were the key to that.
0: So amazing. Honestly, it's so amazing because and and let's not go too far. I want to add to what you just said, too. Right. It's like when you think about, you know, they take it out on, you know, the little people, right? They're little people, the people they create when they've gone through some form of trauma. Let's not go too far, and I'm going to feel totally comfortable, because here we get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm going to call it out. When you are a parent who takes it out on your child, because you are at odds with their father or with their mother, you know, when you... I, 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 I knew kids growing up who would say... My so-and-so hates me because it's say I look like my dad or I look like my mom. Yes. And I remember growing up hearing that, you know, I'm, my parents are still together, you know, 40 something yeah. years. Like, so me amen. being the first, amen to that, me being the first one to be divorced. You know, that was a hit in, the, in this culture. And is this it that family. Rough? It is. Yeah, it is. My mom and I have come a very long way. And so have I with my father, too. There's a lot of hurt that I caused my dad and my mom. I will admit that. I I actually shared it on a forgiveness story on the Forgiven podcast. Um, Yeah. I I was very transparent on where. Which was great. Thank you. Um, Just a moment of disrespect. you at the same token, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know we've talked about it years later but my mom I remember one time and, and listen no no shade to my mom because I love my mom and I will fuck anybody up for my mom right Um, but <sighs> my mom did say uh, one time that I, my divorce made her bow her head down in front of society because it embarrassed her that I was divorced and it took a lot of conversations it took a lot of understanding because I had to then understand a little bit like Our culture over there where we're from in our country in ecuador um you know it's it's you don't get divorced right like you have to stay yeah like you know so there's just so much of that that there's no way my mom would be able to just from one day to the next break away from you know what i mean like she had to see 14 years later how i am as a single mom right you know and now it's like you have to hurry up. Like you have to get married again. You have to have another child. Like you're a good mother. Like now it, it's a different level of, of, of a vision for her and of respect. And, you know, she'll sometimes say, I'm going to get emotional. Oh, she'll sometimes say, you know, you're, you're, you're very strong because you walked away from a marriage that no longer suit you. And you've done yeah. it on your own.
1: Yeah. And
0: I always tell her, I think you're stronger because you've had four kids and you sustained a marriage of 40 something years and it's far from perfect, but they're great Absolutely. together. still, you know, and yeah, I always yeah. saw her, like, I think you're stronger than me. I hope to one mm. day be able to find that partner that I could do what you and my dad have done, like through it all through ups and downs, through rough times, through yeah. perfectly imperfect, you know, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot that comes to that with a certain level of, of trauma. And, I don't have to have been physically abused to have been experienced in an abusive relationship. And let me be fair on this. Let me be fair on this. That's not to say he didn't feel like it was an abusive relationship. I think with the hurts, with the back and forth, there was a lot of that for the both of us. Right. Um, I decided, um, you know, one of the things I admire so much of your essay, um, I've written, uh, my journal to self love, and it had a lot to do with building my confidence and being confident again from my lowest point, which was my separation and my divorce, yeah. um, and feeling unwanted, unloved, uh, and infidelity. It was it was just so much happening at once to a twenty-one-year-old,
1: yeah, uh,
0: that just didn't make sense to me. You know, it didn't make sense to me. I had to grow up from one day to the next, and be a single mother, and that's it. And I've decided, um, to write my next journals um and i haven't actually released what's going to be the title yet but it it is going to be about my ability to now manage very effectively my panic attacks and my anxiety it is going to be related to you know like there's certain things that i want to share because it hasn't been easy it takes a long time to get there yeah, and when yeah. you have gotten there, you share that with the world. You have to let yeah. them know what it's like. Um, and that's really what I admire so much about the essay that you wrote, right? Because the power that it is to have your children and to love them and for them to save you, right? Yeah. And then for you to also be able to still be here and to share that story and to be able to say, like, this is how far I've come and this is how I'm still pushing forward. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I'm glad that you said those things. Uh, You know, you're amazing, by the way. You're badass. But, (laughs) um, you know, the the difficult thing, that was hard for me too when me and their mom split because we were actually going to get married that same, like the following year, like coming Mm. up. Mm. And I was just like, you know, I... There's so much pressure of being a man, especially a black man, that like there's all these pressures of society. So it's like I felt embarrassed because I was trying to get like a ring, but I was also paying for everything in the household. I was like taking care of the household, being that guy, but also like, how am I going to afford this ring? And I got all these mountains. and you know, we also had her daughter here. So and this damn Maltese that's laying over here, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, we got a lot. She's over there laying down because I gave her a bath, so she's chill. But, you know, it's one of those things where you, it was difficult that split up because I grew up like you in a two-parent household. And when you see people love each other regardless of what they go through, you're, you're like, It almost becomes toxic where you have this toxic idea, especially like if you see everyone else around you in love. Like my sister has been married to my brother-in-law, and they have a great, and my cousin, and Mm -hmm. and I'm like everybody's in love, but I'm just here. You know, (laughs) it's like it's so tough, man. But you know the hill, the beautiful thing about the journey, just like yourself and what you shared is when we start getting to that place where we start realizing how important it is for us to love ourselves. Now, let me say this. There's a toxic way of loving yourself, which is the arrogant way, which is feeding the ego, which is not the right way. And then there's the way where you realize, hey, it's okay if I never get married or fall in love because I need to take care of myself and take care of my responsibility, which is my children. Right. and when you do that instead of looking for someone to save you and and someone to be the beacon of your everything and your love that's when everything starts falling into place right because I still struggle with that and, and we have a mutual friend Virginia to tell you yeah. I don't hit her up a couple times like I don't I don't understand man <laughs> like you know because I don't really like I've never been a dating guy I've always been someone that's been in long-term relationships so you know, the dating thing, and then I don't just want anybody around my kids, and my kids come first, so I'm really big on that. and everybody says they want love and peace, but they don't want it when you are in a place where you want love and peace, like you've been through bullshit and it's like, no, 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 I need peace yes. you i I think it's great that your mom said that to you and you are a badass mom, you know what I mean? like, I see your posts and I see things and I I love that you are on the journey, like finding yourself because we're allowed to find ourselves. That's the hard part, but it's not really finding ourselves. It's like creating ourselves is what we're doing. Like we're manifesting what we are meant to be. Right. But it's hard to like, sometimes we get so caught up in being a parent that we forget that we're allowed to be something outside of that. And that's where I fell. I don't go on vacations. I only travel for shows. I only travel for family. I'm never like, I don't do things for myself that often. Uh, I think the the thing that I did for myself uh, recently, besides like buy like a video game or some shit, <laughs> I bought uh, the new Yeezy jacket. The red one is coming uh-huh. out. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna look fly at least. But yeah. um, we don't really do things for ourselves. And it is difficult to do this journey Without like a partner, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I have to take you there. Like you're my responsibility when you're here. You know, I see dudes that get them kids on a weekend. They, they toss them off the grandma and they in the club the same weekend. They supposed to have the kids. You, I, I don't, I don't do shit like that. You know what I mean? I, I don't
0: <laughs> do. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen them at the club when uh-huh. the, my, my kid went with the dad. So uh-huh. I was like, wait, wasn't it this weekend yours? Yeah, but I left the, I left them with my mom. Uh huh.
1: Yep. They always okay. leave them with auntie or mom, and they, they hit the streets. I, you know, um, I'm glad that your mom did see that because sometimes it takes a minute for our parents to understand because they were taught toxic behaviors. Yeah. And then they have to understand, no, 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 it's okay that you're divorced. You're busting mm-hmm. your ass. I shouldn't put more pressure on you that than what society is already putting on you. It's already hard enough for you out here. Why am I making it harder? You know what I mean? And some people don't realize that. Like for her to say that is a big deal. And Yes. I could, I commend you, man. Like, you know what I mean? I think you're dope. And, uh, you know what I'm saying?
0: We trying. <laughs> we trying. And let me say this, because I want to be fair on the dating on the dating aspect of it. Cause it was definitely going to be part of the segment too. Like where I am today. I've, I've also learned to have so much self love for me. I don't settle for the mediocre offerings. I am. I am someone who's very, I have found a balance of being and reconnecting to my faith and still being spiritual, right? But I am also very proud of my body and I'm also a very sexual being. And I've learned to have so much self-love for myself to no longer settle for mediocre acceptance in sexuality and my sexuality or who I may want to share that with whether or not they even get to meet my child, right? Because there's steps yeah. and there's levels to this, right? There is, yeah. Just because I'm involved with you doesn't mean you automatically get to Getting meet me to not how yeah. this goes. Right? Absolutely. You know, there there's levels to this. And it's like when I've even thought about like going into dating and being casual, I still shouldn't have to settle for shit. No. I still shouldn't have to, you know, sit back and just take what's there and what's being offered because that's an exhaustion of my energy it's an exhaustion of my mental it's an exhaustion of what I really truly want for myself so even in that dating scene when it comes to single parents I think it's definitely totally different to be honest with you you know and I don't know if people quite understand that and that's fine that's fine I've even also shifted a little bit to I used to say I didn't want to date someone with children because mm. I did date someone with children and I married him and I had a child with him and I had stepchildren before I had a child with him. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking yeah. and detaching from those kids. Right. Yeah. When we went through the divorce. So for me, and me saying that it was more so on the end of, I still have to protect my heart because I know how much I can love someone else's child. I've already mm. been there and I know how to yeah. do that. You know, you know what I mean? um at the same token now it's like well wait a minute maybe the, uh, there is an opportunity to have someone who knows exactly where i'm coming from and who shares certain sentiments mm. as 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 a parent you know Yeah, yeah absolutely. who can who can share those thoughts those emotions knowing what it's like to sometimes figure it out um you know, to, to understand, like, I accept your children and love your children and you can do the same for me yeah. type of thing. You know, I've had to kind of, you know, rethink that and reevaluate mm. certain decisions for myself and start putting my child first as well. Maybe I do need someone who is nurturing. Yeah. Because I'm going to need him to know how to be nurturing to my kid, too. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. So, yeah. Do you want yeah, more kids? Definitely have had to. I do. Okay. I do. I, I would do. You know, and so funny, right? I think, well, if it's someone who doesn't have children, then I probably have to be open to having two more, right? Because yeah. maybe they want more than just one. If it's someone who already has children, then maybe they'll be down for just one more, and I'm okay with that, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've thought about that, too. I, I have to be mindful of the other person even before I meet him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know what? You got a good point. Um, All good valid points because I, I had a friend which um she's one of my best friends and I'm so happy that her and her ex got back together. They were going through a moment. They split, then they got back together mm-hmm. and now they're going to have their baby boy that they've always wanted. Um but mm-hmm. you know, he he was helping raise her oldest daughter and they have a daughter together and now they're going to have a boy together. So they're back together and I I'm so happy for them. Um but she made a comment where She said her mom said you just because you have kids, you don't have to date someone with kids. And I think it takes a certain level of maturity to be with someone with kids like me and my kids. Mom have a good co-parenting relationship. So Mm -hmm. any so like I've only introduced my kids to one person that I've been with. And it's unfortunate that that ended within over like, you know, we were together for a year. But um Mm -hmm. You know, my kids got attached and I didn't like that because my, my kids come first. I got to protect their little hearts because they already had Mm -hmm. to deal with it with me and their mother. I don't want them to keep going through this cycle of seeing daddy bringing up someone and they're, you know, they develop these abandonment issues. Like I don't want that for my children. So I think what you're saying is legit because you do want someone that's nurturing that knows parenting, Right. But at the mm-hmm. same time, one of the hardest things is, like, the, like, am I able to deal with any of the BS that may come with that while protecting my own children and my own heart? Children. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have to fight your baby's dad because he's stepping out of pocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't want to whoop his ass in front of your kids. Because then they go, I'm going to do it if I yeah, have Yeah, but, you know, you either catch these hands or you catch these bullets, son. Which one is it? But <laughs> it was like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be, you don't want to do that because <laughs> it's like. I do I do bats. I do bats, I'm short. <laughs> sure. So
0: I need something that's going to like extend a little bit because my arms are a little short too. So I, I do bats. That's, that's, that's funny. My that's,
1: that's a New York yeah. thing. But. <laughs> it is a New York thing. Um. No, yeah, we do have to, you're right, we do have to be mindful, because honestly, I'm okay with never having kids again. I've, like, come mm-hmm. to that feeling because I get everything I want out of my daughters. Like, I'm okay with never having a baby again, and then, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, I want a baby, and then I, I'll be watching, like, somebody chase around a baby, and I'll be like, I don't know if I want to go through those steps again, man, like... I'm getting a little older, you know, I already have these ones up. These ones are going to be paid off pretty soon. You know what I mean? But um, I don't don't know. You're right. Dating is difficult. I don't think people understand that because like you could sleep with somebody or you could be whatever. But that, again, that doesn't mean you're going to be around my kids. I don't even like people being in my house while my kids are asleep. I'm not that guy. Ain't no, oh, I could pull up. While your kids is uh uh-uh, uh you ain't pulling up, you pull up when they ain't here, we we you know, I don't same yeah you gotta have same. I would of keep it
0: yeah yeah and I, you know <laughs> I'm not even gonna say names but shout out to some of them who understood my certain expectations like no you're gonna book a certain room and I'll meet you there Mm-mm. because we're we're not doing this here and it cannot be no cheap shit I'm sorry because you know we're not trying to you know no bu- bed bugs I know, that's right. and like it's new york city all right so let's just let's just be a little bougie and and, and safe yeah. right but it had to be like i wanted to keep certain things away just just i just think it's out of respect, no, to I respect that. that's dope. um and and to add to that there was only one person who truly ever came around mm-hmm. him um which was an ex that i reconciled with as a on a friendship level um and made peace with a a huge tremendous you mentioned him in a
1: a episode yeah i I heard that
0: because he was actually someone that after we broke up he would still come see him Mm -hmm. he maintained his friendship with him and and my son genuinely developed his friendship with him as yeah you were with my mom but you you are my friend too and like till this day like this man was still saying How's he doing? It's been a while since we felt like, how's everything going? You know what I mean? So it's a beautiful thing when you can still have that. Because to your point, it is difficult, especially also the part where your children do get attached. It, it is it is difficult, absolutely. Um, We're going to go into the overdose. Y'all, I'm going to link the article, the essay, so y'all could go Thank read you. it because it was absolutely amazing before we even go into the overdose, the last segment of the show. Um, But again, for anybody who needs a good read and, and knows exactly what this is like, the parenting life, the single parenting life, and also still sustaining our abilities to be human and our sanity and our mental state and, and just our wellness. Go read it. Go read it and you'll, you'll get a very heartfelt message there. And it's, and it's a dope essay. You did an amazing job. Um, on the overdose, this is usually where we close out the show. And we just end on a good vibe, right? Or sometimes you got a chip on your shoulder, and you want to go on a quick rant. You uh, can. No. Um, this <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm peace. I'm peaceful that. these
1: days. Some people push me, but you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if there is anything you want to share on a quick, you know, on a quick dose, um, anything of a good vibe that you just want to close out the show with, anything at all. Oh
1: man, yeah. This this was the part. This is the segment that was. This is a little tougher.
0: Cause I don't, I don't have, yeah. Cause it catches everybody off. Guard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I, I'm such, I'm in such a good place overall. Um, for whatever reason, yeah. when I, I'm, I'm a nice dude. So people like to like push my buttons to see like, Oh yeah. Like how nice is you? Right. And just so you understand, I don't know how tall I look on this video, but I'm over six two and I'm about 230 pounds. And for whatever reason, people be like, oh, he's a nice dude. Especially, like, online. Because everybody online thinks I'm 5'10". I'm not 5'10". Okay? <laughs> I am over 6'2". I am straight up, oh, well, you know, the pictures. It, do do you see the pictures? The women I take pictures with be tall women in heels. They be, like, 5'7". And then when they get the heels on, they be about 5'11". And I'm still taller than them. How do y'all not see? <laughs> but, no, um... I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm such a like cool dude. I'm in a very peaceful space. I love my kids. Um, you know, I'm trying to see whatever. Uh, I'm not chasing love uh, anymore. I'm in a healthy space where I'm more so letting love come to me. Um, I don't want drama. I want peace. Um, you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm so, I'm a pretty stand up guy. Like you said, like overall. I'm pretty cool, man. I don't disrespect nobody. So please don't disrespect me. Don't hop in my DMs. Don't don't get my phone number from somebody else and text me. <laughs> that shot's fired right there. But uh...
0: <laughs> Ooh, but on this show, we don't incriminate anybody nope. ever. So no. we're not going to disclose no, who that was. Man,
1: but... <laughs> but no, I'm in a good place. And uh, I'm so happy that I was on this show because... This is a very dope show. You have a very healthy format. Mm. Um, I think your voice is great. I think you look great. I think everything about this show is going to take off. And you're going to go into like a very great space. But just remember what I said. Manifest it. Protect your heart. Protect yourself. Be the one who who is... I know you're a firecracker. I know you're a Scorpio. But stop stinging people. Y'all got pinchers and stingers and shit. Y'all be pinching people and then y'all be stinging them and then y'all be blasting Drake while doing the shit. I get it. I get it. Right. But you can't. Some, what I've learned is you have to be the opposite. It's like playing rock, paper, scissors. When you're playing rock, paper, scissors, you want to diffuse the situation. Right. So if they're coming at you with rock and you go at them with rock, who wins? Who wins if it's both rock? Nobody, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, it's a clash. Okay. A, yeah. Oh,
1: I want to win, though. I want to win. Don't win in the way that you think you want to win. Don't try and hurt somebody when you mm. win. Win and defuse it. Rock. I'm going to bash you with this rock. Oh, but I got paper, and there's love on it. Ah, blanket. <laughs> like, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. <clears throat> you know. But- rock paper scissors. just saying man it's mm. you want to defuse situations before they happen and um whenever you feel like there's going to be animosity just as a co-parent situation or even in a relationship if you feel like y'all are going to be like fighting or you feel like there's too much animosity one of you got to be chill the other one might be mad that you're chill yeah. but you got to be chill and just walk away from it get take a moment they say, don't go to sleep angry. That is a lie. Sometimes you both got to go to sleep angry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, just always find your peace. Always try and be peaceful. Recenter yourself. Never let people get you too out of character because they will push your buttons. And trust me, they do it all the time with me. And sometimes I got to take them off to the side and let them know what it is. And then... Sneak back in like Batman out of an alleyway. But no, yeah, just be peaceful. Love each other. Learn empathy. Learn compassion. These are things that we're missing. And if you do that, man, everything just starts getting better. Focus on what's important and not what's not. Focus on the things that fuel you you instead of the things that drain you. Because sometimes even people drain you. Situations drain you. Uh, Sometimes you see things on social media that trigger you and it drains you. You don't even realize you're Mm -hmm. feeding your energy as you're scrolling. Find ways to control your own algorithm. One of the things that I'll say that this is a tip and it's from a book by Napoleon Hill. It's called outwitting the devil. And in this book, he has a conversation with the devil, which the devil, your ego, um, He has a conversation and the devil tells him how he controls people. And he says, I control people Mm -hmm. with hypnotic rhythm or nature's rhythm. Okay. Hypnotic rhythm is a way of making you do the same dumb shit over and over and never changing who you are, never realizing Mm -hmm. what your problem is. Right. Once you figure out what your problem is and you take time to dissect yourself and heal from all trauma mm-hmm. all past things then you realize mm-hmm. okay i'm breaking out of the rhythm and mm-hmm. um now that are you printing something
0: no there's a flash flooding right now going on guys <laughs> that's the flash flood warning that's I so funny rainy, no, but i don't want to lose this momentum because you're on a whole roll no, and you got no me you're good
1: <laughs> yes but um no uh that that hypnotic rhythm, you want to break it, right? We want to get into a place where we are peaceful. Once you find out, like for me, I found out what a lot of my issues was. It was mm-hmm. pride because I was feeding into my ego. And lust was a, mm-hmm. another one of my hypnotic rhythm issues. And once you break those away and you get away from these things that you are chasing for the wrong reasons, then everything manifests for you. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do. We have to break those rhythms. So you have to be centered. When everyone else in the world is not being centered and and not being good and not being positive and etc., you have to be that. Once you're that, everything goes. Mm -hmm. So find love. Love isn't where they try to teach us it is love is not always in a partner love can be in your children love can be in a family member love can be in a friend but they don't want us to know the true meaning of love because we'll continue to be confused and do bullshit but once you find out that healthy version of love for yourself then that is the true meaning of self-love and that's where we find everything
0: i love it this is like such this is like such a signature to exactly what i shared on that journal the first one it's such a signature to it because it's so true and yet a lot of people still don't understand that so i appreciate your perspective in it in the full circle that you just gave us with it as well um it's a it's a beautiful thing when you do reach that level of self-love um and and I, and I do, I am going to preach it and say that I hope everybody is able to at some point find that for sure. Um, I'm going to give it a quick overdose because I, I cannot let this go. I'm going to uh, do a call to action to every single one of my listeners who is, you know, 25, 35, right? I don't know in that range, right? um please do me a favor and do society a favor y'all if you have and it doesn't matter what your profession is it doesn't matter what your career is what matters is that you are someone who has youth around you as someone who is a mother to a teenager but also in an industry right and in in a role where you know we are meeting younger people coming into the workforce there is a lot in our um Low income communities in our communities that our youth is still not being given the right resources or the right guidance or the right mentorship or coaching Mm -hmm. just to get out into the workforce and make it and start their own careers and pursue their own dreams at that right. I want to make this a call to action on this overdose, and it's still a good vibe that if you do know somebody who is anywhere between the ages of 16, 17, all the way to 22, let's say, right? They're about to graduate high school or graduating high school and going into college. Ask them, do they know certain purpose of interviewing certain etiquettes do they Mm -hmm. have the right support and the right guidance to prepare them for the world
1: yeah
0: i don't know if if this is like a news to people but a lot of schools don't prepare us for this you have to go looking for these type of resources right because what more do they want but to keep our community stuck right absolutely so we as people it is a call to action on a very good vibe make a difference to someone who's younger and and provide that level of very free yeah. support and guidance um be able to say you know hey do you know how to do this because if you need a little bit of support yeah. not help support I can support you with that. Absolutely. I, I can give you a little bit of guidance with it. I have some experience in it. And, and make that difference to your own communities. It is something that I'm very passionate about. And it's something that I do have a goal and a dream right now to make grow even further um, with the right people. But um, <laughs> even more so for that, it doesn't mean that it just takes me or it just takes another person to do it. It could be anybody to do it. It's very significant to me yeah. um, that we do give our intelligence is so precious, right? Yeah. Our experiences are so precious, right? Yes. But we can share that. We can share that when we could guide people. And that and that's my overdose on this one. It's been something that's been on my mind. Amen. It's been something that I've been experiencing lately, and I feel like if you can give back, you don't have to give back clothes that you no longer wear. Maybe you don't have the money to make those charities. It's okay, but you know what? Time, time is precious. Absolutely. You can sometimes give time to a person and that is in a moment. And that is charity. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Terry, we've come to the end of the show. We made Um, it. But like I always say to all my guests and to my listeners, you guys already know my guests will always come back. So when Terry, you know, I don't know, has written his book maybe, um, you know, he'll he'll come back or he, you know, writes another publishing essay. I don't know. Um, But I would definitely always, you know, this this is your home too. Thank you for being a listener and a supporter. Yeah. And, um, you know, for sharing your story on this platform today. I truly appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I know these listeners are really going to appreciate it too. Absolutely. Uh, Do you want to let my listeners know where they can find you?
1: Yes. You can find me on Instagram, T-Jones POC, YouTube, T-Jones POC. I'm on Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music. uh... Jesus Christ. So
0: disrespectful. (laughs) It
1: happens. It's okay. I'm so
0: sorry. He said Tidal, (laughs) Apple
1: Music. Spotify. Um, you can listen to Terry Jones radio on Pandora um and which is a, a big one for me uh, that Pandora station has grown so much uh, so yeah mm-hmm. check me out music comedy whatever you want uh Bigfoot the movie should uh, the sequel should be coming out this fall it'll be on streaming services uh mm-hmm. so yeah uh add me on instagram and check me out guys yeah
0: <laughs> Yes, And before we go, before I do my signature, you know, log off, we're going to do a quick boomerang before, you know, oh. the flooding, the flash flood, <laughs> the flooding is like ruining my life right now. I don't think I'm even going to edit that out, honestly. Like, I think I should just leave it. All right, guys. Well, as always, you guys know this is another week and another episode on Double Dose of Raw Talk podcast. I am your host, Misty. And as always, you guys will tune in next week. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And we are live on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to subscribe, rate, and review.
1: Talk to you later. Bye.